we must bring salvation back Where there is love, I'll be there I'll reach out my hand to you I'll have faith in all you do Just call my name Just call my name and I'll be there. That was I'll Be There by the Jackson Five. Just look off your shoulder, honey. Oh! <laughs> That's just a, a feel good song, you know? Somebody's gonna be there for you. Your boy Jeremiah Watkins is here for you right now on Jeremiah Wonders. How's your week? Hopefully you had a good week. Maybe you're going through something. I don't know. Maybe you need a little uplifting. Something to improve your spirit, improve your mood. Well, guess what? You've come to the right show. We're going to have fun today because Jeff Dye is my guest. A very funny stand-up comedian. He's a TV personality. He's a fellow podcaster, a friend. You may have seen him on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Last Comic Standing, or NBC's Better Late Than Never with William Shatter, Henry Winkler, George Foreman, and Terry Bradshaw. Woo! I'm excited, guys, and you should be as well. We're going to kick this week in the butt, get it off to a good start. So let's get into the kindness challenge. What is the kindness challenge if you don't know what it is? Every week I ask you guys, the listener, to do something out of the kindness of your heart for maybe somebody that you know, could be a stranger even, could be something big, it could be something little. It doesn't matter as long as something nice that you're contributing to society in a positive manner. So I got a kindness challenge letter from a guy named Nader this week. He emailed jeremiahwonders at gmail.com. You can do the same thing. Get your kindness challenge letter potentially read on the show. I don't know what this guy looks like. I don't know what he sounds like. So I started to wonder, what if I read the letter in the voice that I think that he could sound like? While I read the letter, you're going to hear a song called Fresh Air by Wayne John Bradley. Hey man, big fan of the podcast and I've been listening for a while to the show. I'm from a small town in central Illinois, so I know what it's like to be stranded in the middle of nowhere. Anytime I see someone on the side of the road, I always try and uh, stop to help out. So two weeks ago, when a polar vortex hit the Midwest, I was on the way to work. When I saw a lady with a flat tire on the side of the road, I pulled off to the side and then asked if she needed help. I jacked the car off the ground, but then when I asked her for a lug wrench, she couldn't find it. I then drove the rest of the way to work, grabbed my tools, returned, and started to loose the lug nuts, which another guy came to give me gloves as it was negative 20 degrees out. I thanked them tremendously as my hands were killing me. We finished up the tire and she was on her way. Then the other day on my birthday, I was driving when I saw a car stuck right in the middle of the road. People were honking and speeding around this uh, lady. I stopped uh, behind her to make sure she was alright and she was just out of gas. I went to the gas station, bought a gas can, filled it up, returned back to her, walked on the busy road, filled it up and she was on her way. Sorry for the long email. 
I'm watching Kill Tony as I type this out. Regards, Nada. Man, that's super cool. Double kindness challenge and in the cold weather. Dude, thank you, man, for sending in that awesome that awesome letter to the show. That's amazing. See, it can be something small or it can be something big. Uh, you did a couple pretty awesome, nice, big things. That's uh, not many people will pull over for other people and, and uh, do that good Samaritan deed like you did your, yourself. So shout out to you, my friend. Keep sending in those letters, guys. I love reading them on the show, and I get so much positive, positive feedback from people whenever I read them. Uh, they really like that segment on the intro of the show. I did something with my wife today that was just fun. We were, uh, <laughs> we went to this mattress store. We were just like, uh, you know, you ever do like window shopping where, where you're like, uh, oh, I can't afford this, but it's just fun to pretend like, you know? So we're, we went to this mattress store and we're looking at all these like cr- crazy expensive mattresses. Did you know mattresses are like, they can be up to like $4,000. It's insane. The cheapest ones were like, bare minimum like a grand I was like <laughs> no thank you anyway so we're like lying on beds and we meet this nice sales guy named Marcus right and uh we're and he's trying to get us like he's selling us he's trying to sell us he's trying to get us signed up for financing all this stuff and we're like all right dude we gotta go grocery shopping but we appreciate the help and he's like all right well uh you better bring me back an orange from the grocery store and he's like I'm just kidding I'm try- not trying to pressure you um but, you know, we went on our way. So while we're at the grocery store, we're like, we got to get Marcus an orange. He's a nice guy. And uh, we knew he was joking, but we brought him back an orange. And I could tell that it just brightened his day. And it was just something fun and silly that my wife and I did. But it was something that was like, we brought this guy uh, an extra smile. Did we bring him the paycheck that, <laughs> that he wanted from the sale of a mattress? Absolutely not. But a little orange can go a long way. So there you go. That's what I tried to do. Something silly and fun and kind this week. Uh, I want to thank the sponsors of this show, Speedweed, Bronxborn Pizza, Menchie Music, and our newest sponsor, Caveman Coffee. Check them out. Man, <laughs> um, man, this podcast is getting sponsored up like a freaking NASCAR, dog. Man, we got the Speedweed, the Sticky Icky from Gino at Speedweed on Twitter. We got that Bronxborn Pizza. If you're in the mood to get that pizza down your throat, maybe you smoke a little bit. You got those munchies. Head over to Bend, Oregon, Bronxborn Pizza, or you can go to Santa Monica and get that Gray Block Pizza hitter. They sponsor Theo Vaughn's podcast. Well, or maybe you're on the East Coast, huh? Menchie Music. Go get go get an instrument for for a little kid or or uh, or a grandpa that's, that's that's wanting to retain his his memory. Who knows? And then if you want to wake up early in the morning, Caveman Coffee. They've got those nitros that has been appeared on and featured on Joe Rogan. That's right. Coffee, weed, pizza, and music are the sponsors of this show right now at Caveman Coffee Co at Bronxborn Pizza, at Speedweed, Menchie Music, David Knowles, and Seth Miller. hooking me up with that sweet sax. Yeah. So I appreciate it, guys. Thank you very much. If you're a company that would like to sponsor the show, email jeremiahwonders at gmail.com. And uh, if you can't do that, guys, support the show over at uh, jeremiahwonders.com. There is a uh, PayPal donation button that you can uh, uh, donate to. Any amount is appreciated, and I want to thank Akeem Figures, uh, Lee Hurrell, and um, uh, I want to thank Mikey Adams as well. The last uh, few weeks, um, I haven't um, been going over it, but they they made some uh, donations to the show. I really appreciate it. Mikey Adams just bought a uh, music stand 
for me so I could not read sheet music off the floor for Kill, for Kill Tony. He noticed that I was doing that uh, over some episodes, so I appreciate that super kind gesture. And uh, if you can't donate to the PayPal, go over to iTunes. Leave me a five-star rating and review that podcast. Jeremiah Wonders, that's right. Tell some friends about it. We're at 394 reviews now. I keep plugging this on the show. I really appreciate it. I'm trying to get it over 500 reviews in the next couple months. We're doing it, and I appreciate it. It's growing. We're making things happen with this podcast together. We're getting that positivity and kindness, spreading that net over people. That's right. Are there too many announcements on the intro of this show? Sometimes, maybe. Am I trying to make it more fun so it's just not a block of announcements? Yes, I am. I'm I'm conscious of this, guys. I'm aware that sometimes it's a bit much, but I appreciate you hanging in there with me. I appreciate it, guys. All right, on a serious note. Well, the tour is coming up, and by the tour, it's the ongoing shows that are going on. I'm going to read very quickly some very important shows that uh, are coming up in my life that I want you guys to be at. If they're in your area, I'm going to read them very quickly. I'm headlining in Kansas City March 14th through 16th. Get tickets to that ASAP. I'm bringing my boy Patty Reagan to feature Stand Up on the Spot dates coming up in March and April, March 12th, 26th, April 9th, 23rd. Every other week, you got to come check out my baby, Stand Up on the Spot. Sunday, March 24th, Reagan Watkins are at the Satellite LA. I'm also going to be in Philadelphia, Ventura, Upper State, New York, Austin. I'm headlining the Huntington Beach Rec Room on Thursday, April 4th, and my buddy Mike Menendez is featuring for me. And thank you so much to Gage T Arena for editing the audio and video of this podcast. If you haven't checked out the YouTube page, you got to check out the videos. He's adding a little something, something, a little special effects, a little different video stuff, and I hope you like the Instagram highlights that we've been posting and the different YouTube clips. We got through it, guys. We're here with Jeff Dye. I can't wait for you guys to listen. Uh, his sax talk is gross. You know how I like those gross sax talks. Because <laughs> your boy a dirty boy. He's straight up dirty sometimes, dogs. <laughs> straight up good. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Man. man, let's have some fun. Without further ado, it's Jeff Dye on Jeremiah Wonders. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a teacher at uh, at Second City that was like, "What's it like to you know just have all those laughs going into you and to just like you you like killing with stand up?" And this was before I now I remember this because I have context. It was before I had ever killed, and I was like, "It's great, man." <laughs> And it's wild. Yeah, it's it's like it's a it's like no other feeling. And uh, I was just BS my way through that answer, and then I I ended up killing like years later, right. like really like doing Murdering. a great job. And I was like, oh, that's what that teacher was asking me about, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like what that. But you did answer like. it right because you were like, oh, this is unlike any other feeling. Yeah, yeah. I guess I yeah. answered it right, but I was guessing at the time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yes ending, just like improvising yeah. the right answer out of it. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. How you feeling, dude? I feel good. Man. We're inside. I'm so this, excited. Right? You have, yeah, you got a good vibe, and then you got cool stuff here. Yeah, I, I want one of these for my house. I mean, <laughs> are they hard to set up? Uh, yes. Um, well. To get the presets where you, you want them and stuff like that, but uh, they are fun to play with. Yeah, do you and your wife ever just sit here and prank call people? <laughs> no, but I mean... I would we all could, day. I mean... That's where I'm at maturity-wise. Just prank calls on I'm the like, reg? Hey, honey, you want to just prank call tonight and order in? Get some Postmates? <laughs> and she's like... She's like, no, I'm a grown woman. But I'd yeah, be like... let's do it. 
<laughs> let's totally let's get some pizza. Let's just make some prank phone calls Jeremiah, right now. Why would my wife sound like that? That's, no, that this was is you. what your wife sounds like, dude. <laughs> it's really unfair. <laughs> no, no, I'm just like a, I'm a fully, I'm fully figured I'm like, cow. Listen, Rebecca. Okay, yeah, this is yeah. I'm Rebecca. I'm Jeff Dye's wife. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's phenomenal. Yeah. How many uh, presets are there? How many voices? I mean, there's there's Hundreds? like a couple hundred like different. It also like uh, they they're singing filters and stuff like Ooh. that too. So there, I yeah. once worked with a comedian. He was called himself. He was the man of a thousand voices, and I always wanted to be like, mm, I think that number's off. That's dude, a thousand is right. such a high this, number. This doesn't even have no. That doesn't yeah. even have a thousand, and it's a machine, and it's a robot. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's what it's designed to do. <laughs> I always would get mad when, uh, like, my phone GPS, it was, like, in that gray area of technology where the phone GPS was worse than, like, the little TomTom in the car or whatever. I'm like, come on, you're supposed to be a a, a smartphone. And then the TomTom's like, this is my one job, bro. I can, I'm an expert at this. Yeah. This is is my one thing. I'm not trying to showboat or anything. I'm not texting. I'm not calling. I'm I'm just getting you to your destination. I don't know why the phone's trying to be everything. How it's rude. Did you have that in your car? Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know how dumb I am. Uh, This is when I, like, I had no money. I was, like, living in that car. One night while I'm uh, sleeping in the back seat, the window breaks, the front window breaks, and then someone stole the like it was. Co- I think Tom it was Tom the, or a Garmin. I had a Garmin because okay. that's what they were at Costco. Give a give a give a give a Garmin. <laughs> but how dumb am I to leave that in the window on the suction cup? Yeah, that's like you got to take it out. But I was like, I have it perfectly set and it's on there, and I don't want to mess. But like, I almost got. I thought I thought I was gonna get murdered. I don't think the guy was expecting to see a man back there. That's kind of like leaving your iPhone in your cup holder now. Yeah, you're asking for someone. What to just are you like, doing? Psh. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. I don't think I've ever had anything stolen out of my car. I had my wife's window for whatever reason. I don't understand this with people whenever they bash windows in and don't take anything. Right. Or maybe they just looked around and like, mm. maybe that's what it yeah, is. Yeah. Like, like what oh, she have in there? She's nothing like, good in here. They didn't take my Starbucks mug. You're like, yeah. well, he probably doesn't. He's a criminal. He's yeah. looking for money, drugs. Yeah. I don't know why you just like a, maybe they saw like a gym bag and they're like oh there's probably something good in right. there and it's like no actually I shouldn't uh, prejudge the criminals maybe they're maybe they're more sophisticated people than that but I presume they want drugs or money and that's a quite a presumption I think uh, th- you know what's very interesting uh, we have a sophisticated criminal calling into the show uh, oh, right no. now this always happens hello yes this is Jeffrey Die yeah yeah what uh, what's your name. Oh, this is Clarence. Clarence, nice to. Thanks for calling in. Clarence Appreciate you. It's Gerald. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. What? What can? What can we do for you, bud? Yes, I'm calling on behalf of all of my criminal friends and uh, employees and employers around me. I'm quite offended that you think that we just want drugs and money whenever we're stealing from people. I also said guns. You might want guns or guns, drugs, drugs or money. Or money. I find that reprehensible, oh, actually. Really? Yes. I find you reprehensible stealing stuff. What What do you like? I guess you're a more complicated creature than well, I Well, we like many 
many things. We like fine jewelry. We like shoes. If you would have left, uh, you know, you have some nice shoes, Jeff Dye. If you would have left those in your car, we could have perhaps swindled those. And also, we like affidavits. We like birth certificates. Right. We like, uh, you know, paintings, you know. Paintings? Had... Who's leaving paintings in cars? Well, you know, you never know. So sometimes, you know, I saw a pocket Rembrandt in the back oh, of wow. a VW 2005 bug once, and I said, that's mine. Yeah, Clarence, we've learned a lot today. Yes. I shouldn't be judging criminals. You shouldn't be judging criminals. But criminals you know what I think? People too, you I think know? you're better than this. I think you're better than stealing from cars. Oh, what do you think I, the life I should lead should look like? I think you should earn your own stuff. You seem very sophisticated and complex and open-minded, but then you're just robbing people's cars, stealing shoes. Well, I mean, we also... Sometimes steal air fresheners. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes, you never know what you know, nice closet inside your home might need a sprucing up. You should swing by Hollywood and okay. break into uh, Jeremiah Watkins' wife's car. Uh, I feel like you would appreciate the things she has, unlike one of your criminal buddies who just left. Didn't take nothing. No air fresheners or nothing. Dude, don't tell him to <laughs> go steal from my wife's car. I'm trying to open my mind. Now, what street does he live on? You yeah. better not say where I live. Witsit. He lives on Wet Witsit, 217. Witsit, duly noted. <laughs> yeah, tell all your pals. I will, I will, I will. Well, um, I'm glad I could stand up for myself. I shall talk to you gentlemen later. I've learned a lot. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your call. Wow, Clarence, the sophisticated, the sophisticated criminal. Yeah, what a what an elaborate bean. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't think I like. I that think he's guy a piece either. of trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah robbing cars and then getting offended. Yeah, man, I've not met what a lot of, of snowflake criminals. Yeah, what kind of a douche do you have to be to get mad after somebody calls you out for stealing stuff? Have you? Um, so one time, someone broke into my car. They took my backpack. And it had a laptop. It had all this great stuff in it. And like not great stuff, but stuff they could easily sell really quickly. Um, like you know, <laughs> things that have va- not sentimental value, you, you, but have some monetary value. You describing your backpack took me back to grade school. I was like, "This is this is cool backpack." <laughs> yeah, I cool got great stuff. stuff. And anyway, never mind. <laughs> it was a Tumi, so just, even the backpack alone was worth money. Yeah. even if they just threw everything out inside. So uh, I just wanted a little bit of sympathy from people. Sure, I was like, "Oh man, this sucks." Like they broke my window and they took my bag. Everyone's first reaction was like, "Why'd you leave your bag in your car?" You're like, dude. It's so infuriating when you get that response when you're looking for sympathy or yeah. empathy. Just go, hey, that's too bad. That man. Sucks, was there man. anything in the bag? You yeah. know, something. But they were just like, why'd you leave your bag? And I was like, because yeah, there's been some theft in the locker rooms at the yoga studio. And the yoga studio says, hey, leave your shit in your cars because there's been some crime. If I would have taken it in, and they'd have, it'd have been stole out of my locker. People would have been like, "Why didn't you just leave it in your car?" Yeah, of course. Like it's just, it's just such it's a, a constant, blame. Yeah, yeah, it's very frustrating. It's extremely frustrating. And that's how Clarence always wins. He always. That's where he got his stuff. He probably stole from you, dude. <laughs> yeah. So that's he probably like probably guy. stole like. From- <laughs> oh, I, yes, I do have his laptop actually. <laughs> Wait a minute, I need that. <laughs> no, well, sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go. <laughs> gotta go. He's kind of a sweetheart, that he's guy. He's a little bit. Yeah. He's, I do believe he's better than stealing. Yeah, he's a little he's definitely endearing to listen to. <laughs> gotta go. Gotta go. Bye. <laughs>
Dude, I'm glad the year will come on uh, the show. I've been uh, <laughs> I've been bugging you for a little a little bit. To, yeah, we we've uh, had to, to reschedule a few times. Yeah, we had. But to, here we are. But it's good though. We've both been out of town and stuff a lot. So yeah, you've been traveling the world, which I'm excited to see. Oh, thanks, dude. It uh, seems that you're going to have a huge, huge pop very soon, like uh, singularly. So like what you did the roast battle stuff, mm-hmm. and you were like a huge thing on the uh, all Negro wave. Is that what yeah. you just called it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's went through some um, uh, for TV purposes, watering down the wave uh, yeah for, it's uh, watered down it did get time. yeah definitely got uh tv watered down yeah, yeah. Well, they have to right yeah they got to do that and then uh, so that was huge and got to do all these great opportunities because of that and then now with kill tony uh you're a huge part of that show like you're one of the main guys on that show i think there's going to be something where someone's going hey, let's make him the face of this uh we'll we'll see yeah it's gonna happen oh. you'll see Jeff Jackpot died. Put it in the universe. It's gonna yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah, dude. Put swish, it out there. swish. Put it out put there. Put it out dude. there. Drips. Drip, drips. <laughs> or did you play basketball in high school? No, I'm the worst. No, no. I used to play in that basketball league like the first couple seasons. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And I do. That's I guess a weird thing is that I feel like I do look somewhat athletic. People look at me and go, "I bet he can play us sports." Did you, did okay. you ever run? I, I or run do cross now, country. Or no, anything? I never did any of that. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. I would actually assume that you. Have done some kind of yeah, like, tall sport. and lean. Yeah, so people go. Oh, he probably plays basketball. No. Yeah. He probably plays baseball. Mm-mm. Mm. No, I'm not good at any of it, but I like it all. Yeah. Yeah. The so comedy on league the court, they'd be like, "Oh, we got a big guy," because that's my thing. What? Not in the league because we already had teams prearranged. But like, let's say I go to a blacktop like on the road. Yeah. And I'm just like, Sh-. if they're about to pick teams, I won't shoot. I won't whatever. I'll wait till right before they're about to pick, and then I'll kind of like just dribble down, and then I'll like dunk it. And then I always get picked. They're like, oh, we'll take the big guy. Yeah. It's the best. But then they don't realize till the game, I'm not any good. I can't shoot. So you can dunk, though? I can dunk. I'm six foot four. I got monkey arms. Look at these things. They're long arms. I'm six three, and I cannot dunk, which, really? which means that I do not have hops. Well, I have no hops. If you watch me dunk, my feet are like this far off the ground. Your- it's just all long arms. I feel like you'd be able to dunk if you figured it out you the time. You do have some long arms, though. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. And then long, yeah, so it's like, it's just like, a, and it's not a pretty dunk. It's not like I'm hanging on the rim. But they so? just see a guy dunk and they go, oh, like, we'll yeah, 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 we'll take, yeah, we'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I don't shoot or anything. I just oh, Come on, it. man, what are you yeah, doing? The worst. <laughs> Dude, I love, yeah, I played um, not a ton of pickup games. Uh, I would go to parks occasionally with, with some friends and stuff like that. But I, I played in like high school and uh, and grade school and stuff like that. Uh, and uh, did you ever wrestle? Or nope. are you just a huge wrestling fan? I like, yeah, well, if they had that kind of wrestling at my school, I would have definitely done that. <laughs> Dude, how like dope. Like, if I could just show up with chairs and, like, a gimmick and, Dude, like, a whole thing, I would love that. That might be a million-dollar idea that Why we just stumbled upon. Why aren't they teaching upon. that in school? Like, like, yeah, there's regular high school wrestling, but why can't there be a training program in high school for It'd professional wrestling? Yeah, it's acting meets, like... It's Dude, you, it's yeah. thespian like yeah. uh, it's athleticism. theater mixed with that could be your uh, your theater and your sport credit. That'd be amazing. I think it's a good program. I would take it, and people would laughingly take it. People would go, "Oh, I'm gonna take it," and then they would get it and go, they, "Oh, this is actually really." They cool. would have so much fun. I do. I mean, I would have a blast. You get to create your character. Right. And you get so to create fun. who you want to be. First day of class, we just teach you the history of wrestling. Yeah. So just so that you know that, like, hey. We know it's silly. Yeah. It's a show. Yeah. Like, nobody reads Moby Dick and they're like, oh, God, the whale is like, there's no whales that are that big. No, it's fake. It's okay. <laughs> Things are okay if they're not real. Friends isn't real. I don't like, know if you know that. Seinfeld wasn't real. These were shows. Uh, what? <laughs> 
So that's the thing with wrestling. Once you acknowledge, like, oh, yeah. But it's... no one did tell me that life was going to be this way. <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> like, I think anybody who just acknowledges, oh, okay, as long as everyone is on the same page. Yeah. We all know this is a theater. It's, a, like, you know, choreographed. Then you can enjoy it. And they should teach it in school. What kind of... Now, would you would you go... Would you try to be a heel or would you try to be, like, a, a mainstream, like, hero kind I'd of guy? I'd try to be a good guy. Yeah? Yeah, I think it's harder. Because it's, it's harder easy. to yeah, be being a, a bad guy is easy. You just do all the fun bad stuff that you would never do well, in real life. It's hard to come up with a good angle on being a good guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, like that's why I always like kind of like John Cena in a way. Like even though he's not even like my top one hundred favorite wrestlers, mm-hmm. I do respect him. I'm like, look, he he's trying to be good. He's he's always doing the right thing. I think that there's something noble about that. It's like Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader. He's our good guy, Luke. Right. Not nearly as cool. What's cooler? Being a big black robot that cuts the heads off of anyone that like talks trash and chokes people. Yeah, it's so much cooler. That's why it's hard to be Luke Skywalker because he looks like a boy and he's like, you know, he's fighting for nobility. But like I do, that's a virtue in life. We got to be good. And we'll be right back after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, you were a, uh, a panelist uh, on Kill Tony recently. Yeah. Did, uh, did you have a good time on what oh, we had you on? Fun. Yeah, I think, I think the first time, there'll be nothing like the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because you're just kind of like soaking it all in. Like, this There's is a lot crazy. Going, there's yeah, a lot, lot going on. With the, you guys doing all the characters, it was yeah. like, ha- I was laughing so hard. I think and we were. And then Red Band's like sound yeah. effects and stuff. It was just, a, it's a lot going on. The, if you want to watch that episode or listen to it, um, you might recall the episode if you watch a lot of those. It was me and Eric Griffin, and um, the first three comics in a row were just so racist. Oh, yeah. That was that. Ep- Dude, it was un- so uncomfortable. Like, to the point where we've never even had anything like that on the show in four or since in a row. then where it's like one you get one every once in a while we're like all right dude like that wasn't really funny like i get I guess you get what you're going for but there was just there was not even that nothing with those. Yeah, we're you, just like oh you're just racist oh you're just a bad person yeah i think like or like at least this came from a really weird spot yeah like it was when kanye was like first started wearing his like make america great again hat and one of the comics goes uh Man, I don't know what Kanye's so mad about. Someone should give that monkey a banana. And I was like, whoa! Yeah. We can't. Just like out of nowhere. What are you talking about? Like, that's you can't not say even... that. Like, why Why would you even think that that's even a joke or that you could say that? And he went over his time to do that joke. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. The cat meowed. And then he said it. And we're like, you said that after you ran out of time? Like, gotta get this in here. Wait, I need to get my... I really gotta get this one-liner in banana line. Oh, it was so bad. Well, I think, and I think that's something that they kind of teach in school nowadays. Because he was Mexican. So they, they, I think he thought, like, oh, I'm allowed to say anything I want. You're right. Like, no, it's still yeah, it's, latent hate racism yeah. when you say something as awful as that. It's still very rough. Yeah, like, racism is not exclusive to white people. Like, <laughs> But this guy just said it. And then the next girl went, up and she was from like i think she was haitian and she was like talking about how like uh she she doesn't like black people because they tip bad yeah yeah and we're and, like and, what and, is and, happening yeah, right now what is the show we're on yeah. yeah eric meanwhile he's having a meltdown he's right like, what is happening i was just like smiling and trying to be quiet i was like i thought this was gonna be good for my career oh yeah, yeah dude. so uncomfortable <laughs> which <laughs> you have done a lot of cool different things like yeah. within your career like stand-up you've done like a lot of hosting stuff and then even 
even uh, this recent show that you like. Can you tell me a little bit about the the show you've done with William Shatner yeah. and Terry Bradshaw and those it's guys? It's a travel show, but yeah. it's like a bucket list show, and it's a reality show, and it's um, an adventure comedy series, is what they call it. But it's me, Henry Winkler, Terry Bradshaw, George Foreman, and William Shatner, and then we just travel the world. Which is like, dude, it's you look at that that group and you're like, how does that guy get in? And that? right, that's so it's cool. Really weird. Well, the one thing I will say, I've never said this before. People go, so they always go, man, you every day must be so like starstruck. And here's the thing. I love all those men. I mm-hmm. respect all those men. I like, but they're not my guys. Right. Right. If it was Hulk Hogan, Ken Griffey Jr., you know, like, the, like I'd be like, can you believe the show I'm on? Every day I would wake up and just be like, I would have a huge ego. Yeah. Huge head. Because you I had could, posters of those guys yes, and the pennants and all watched. that stuff. Yeah. Video games, William all that Shatter stuff. was like 55 when I was born. Yeah. Uh, literally. He's 87 now. Yeah. Um... George Foreman had already retired. Mm-hmm. Uh, Terry Bradshaw had retired for a while. For like, ten, he'd been retired for like ten years by the time I like was born. And then he was a broadcaster. There's an alternate timeline, Jeff Die out there that was cooking on a George Foreman grill, <laughs> watching Star <laughs> yeah, Trek, yeah. and he's like, "I did it!" <laughs> exactly. Well, and that's the thing is, I think like forty year olds, fifty year olds, those were their guys. Yeah. And so I'm not that old, and so I've got my own guys. And in the same way, like, if wherever the old guys, like, let's say we're 70-something years old or 80 years old, and NBC's like, hey, you guys going to be the old guys because you've had such great, iconic comedy careers. Yeah. And you can be with this young guy. He's not going to... I wouldn't expect him to be going to care. Yeah. Yeah. So I love all those guys, and I knew who they were before the show, and uh, I knew about their careers, but they weren't, like, my favorite celebrities in the world. Yeah. yeah. What are some of the cool places that you've gotten to, to go, like, on, with that show? Well, like Spain a lot. You ever been to Spain? No. This, it was my beautiful. first time in Europe over the oh, weekend. Really? Yeah, I'd never been uh, outside. I'd had been to Canada and Mexico. Of Europe? Just in general. Yeah, like so nice to leave America. <sighs> Dude, it was cool. Um, it was, I felt like we did a couple, like we did like very touristy things. That's like, what I, you should do. Like, yeah. And, but it was, it was great. Like yeah. it was, and it, to go with friends, like that was, and, and also comics on top of being, so much it was fun. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Do you drink? I don't. Uh, that yeah. Would, yeah, Europe drinking is pretty fun. Yeah, but I well, imagine you still had a good time. Well, yeah. What was great about it is so we stopped at a ton of different bars in this Ireland like Temple Bar area, nice. and uh, so we were basically bar hopping. And what I got to enjoy is the live music that was going on at all these different like there's oh, like nice. these Irish folk bands and stuff they're playing. So I'm like just like <laughs> loving, <laughs> feeling it. my vibe, and you know they're drinking. <laughs> so like like it was perfect. Like yeah. everybody like found something, and then we. We played. Uh, I've ever played snooker before. Uh, I know what snooker is, but I don't it's know. It's like I've a played smaller it. table. It's like pool, but like a smaller table. The first time Tony and I played. It's got the and, little pegs in the bo- inside, or no? Uh, no, it's it's like literally like miniature pool. Like it's smaller balls and like uh, a slightly smaller table, and yeah, just like different colors, and it was cool. Hmm. Yeah, no, I played a bigger version in Thailand where it's like the pool table is like double the size. Really? It's like these red balls. It's like very hard. Oh, wow. I'm not even good at regular pool, let alone that. Yeah. And that's a, called snooker and it's just smaller pool. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what's it's going on. It's all pool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not Spain, good at anything. So what's, what's Spain? What did you like about Spain? Um, what, like, so what was the thing that you're like, oh, this is like one of my favorite stuff? I kept comparing it to Mexico. I kept being like, it's just like Mexico. But if you know anything about history, like Spanish people really loathe that yeah and so i can't i'd like teach myself to stop saying that but that's what i like i like anything that reminds me of mexico i love mexico it's my favorite country in the world and then i go to spain i'm like oh this is kind of like it and then i went to thailand i was like this is like asian mexico like everything <laughs> anything that's like uh sunny the people are nice the people don't have a lot but they're happy like that's yeah. i like those kind of areas the only bad part about spain 
is uh, everyone is so good looking that it's a little bit uh, unnerving. Is it intimidating whenever you're like approaching women at the bar or whatever? Oh, no, there was no approaching women at the bar. Like we went to this club uh, and <laughs> they were like, they're like, all right, so we're going to have dinner at like midnight or 1230. And then about 130 is when the club opens. I was like, we're going, we're starting the night Yeah, at 130. And they're like, yeah, man, it's a, that's how it works out here. And it's, I was like, it's how, it's how things work. <laughs> I was like, all right. So we're eating dinner. And I guess they told us this is the hottest club in all of Spain. And it's because all the soccer players. Spain's hottest club. Well, the thing is, it's because all the soccer players party there. So all the hottest girls in Spain are like, oh, there's going to be these athletes that are millionaires who are like celebrities, who are handsome, who are athletes. I'm going to go there. So the hottest women I've ever seen in my life, like probably 100 of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life were on the same night at the same place. Like, like I made a list. They were all at this place. And I was like, this is crazy. What is happening? It was amazing. Right. And so we're like, we're all happy and proud of ourselves. And then all the guys came in. Just as hot. They were the hottest guys I've ever seen in my life. And me and my guys at the table were like, oh, they're going to have sex with all of Wait, them. Can we, do we get a watch? Is this one, like, <laughs> one so of the tourist unfair. attractions? I came out. I was like, oh, man, what's going on? They're like, out of the, back in the shadows, ugly. They were like, oh, man. Back in the shadows. <laughs> I should have been shoveling they coal. They started spritzing you like a cat, like, scat, scat. I should have been shoveling coal for these people. Like, And I'm not an ugly guy, but to them, I was like a monster. Well, that, that's what I was going to say, is like for for you to be like, I I I do not feel like I belong here. Like they they got to be some pretty attractive Dude, Spanish men and had women. Abs, like perfect features, like diamond. Like uh, everything is like like a, a workout fitness video where they're pulling it yeah. up, just like beads of sweat. And they're going all down. dancing, all sexy, and like I mean, it was it was so much. It was so psychologically devastating. Did you try to dance? Like, did you no. try to like get out on, on like like throw any moves or anything? No. And some girls came up to us because we were in like a special area, and the reason we we're in the special area is because the guy that got us into that club was like you know these are americans and they're on tv and they're uh you know they need to be treated special give them special treatment right yeah, and yeah. so that kind of helped us a little bit because girls were like i wonder why those americans yeah. are in that why special are they up area there in the loft area and if they ask then someone's gonna go oh they're on tv in america and they're stars or whatever else we lied you know and uh and so then the girls would come up to us the girls spoke no english so oh. i'd be like how's it going and they're like oh like you know, Espanol, and we're like, oh, English, and then they're like, oh, and they like just dance away. So it's like we had like five interactions with hot girls. <laughs> we had like five okay, interactions, bye. and we were like over oh, five on yeah. all of them. And even then, it's like it's four o'clock in the morning. You're just now saying hi to someone. Yeah. It's like what's gonna happen? You're like you know, you're like money. Yeah, we have money. Can I buy you things? I'm uh, good at buying a things. Drink? <laughs> you want it was one? so bad. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't wait to get to any English speaking place after that because I was just like so. Uh, discouraged by Spain's beautiful people, mm. but it's good too. It was nice. It was really sunny, and you know we had a good time. Yeah, yeah, heck yeah. You're a married guy though, so it's it's different. Yeah, when you go to a place, you're like, no, I'm good. I'm just happy. If they got music, yeah. I'll enjoy that. If they've got food, I'll enjoy that. Yeah, I imagine a, you smoke. It's a. Uh, I don't actually. Oh, you don't. No. Okay. Well, I thought you did. Uh, so you just enjoy what you can, and then you <laughs> go home to your happy life. <laughs> yeah. 
It's nice. <laughs> that sounds so funny. A lot like, of guys have like uh, an expectation, you know? We're enjoy, like, all right, uh, we gotta... <laughs> you're like, enjoy what you can. What does this guy enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're happy. You don't need all that shit. I think that's healthy. That you don't need to drink to be happy. Or you yeah, yeah. Drink. I'm just I'm, like, I support that. In the mix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're happy. You're fine. Yeah, I'm just like doing my thing. Yeah. I like. It's I weird would... though. Your look suggests that you do. Oh, for if sure. We're to profile. Which, you know what? It's kind of interesting. I'm, I'm starting to get a little... Over that, the older that I get, I'm starting to get a little bit like, as much as I like having long hair, I'm thinking about changing my hairstyle just because like, I also, I audition a lot for slacker and stoner stuff. And I'm like, this is like, isn't like, I don't mind acting, but like, I'm also like, this isn't me at all. I'm like, it might be time to switch it, switch it up. I don't know. Yeah. I think you should, if it, it is. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people look at people and we put them into boxes. Yeah, like instantly. The box you're always going to be put in is like, oh, I bet that guy parties or that guy yeah. smokes or that guy drinks. Yeah. Um, and But you are a musician, so it fits that box. It does fit that box. Right. So. Maybe not sax. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What box does sax? <laughs> well, I don't know. What the hairstyle. What does a saxophone yeah, guy look know, like? I don't know, man. What does. Here's a fun question though for you. What hair are you thinking about if, if you're not going to if that's the thing. I don't really like. I don't. I don't really know. Cause you might cut your hair off and then go. God, I don't feel like myself at all. Yeah. Cause you're so used to this being yourself. Well, I've had this for a long time. Yeah. It's so. a big part of your identity. Yeah. 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 Then I go through an identity crisis. Well, have you consider. Well, I, I thought about when they cut my hair off. Like, so I used to have like I've always had like shaggy hair. Like yeah. in Seattle, I was a Seattle boy, you know. And then I get on TV and they're like, Hey, we're gonna cut your hair. And I was like, I don't care if it's going to, whatever you need. You yeah. Know? I'm pretty, I don't care that much about it. And uh, I didn't think I did. And then they cut it off and everybody's like, you know, I was like the shaggy haired kitty cat t-shirt, you know, happy go lucky, smiley yeah. Jeff, like Taoist. Like everyone's like, oh, Jeff's a pacifist. He's harmless. The second they cut my hair off and put me in like clothes that were like form fitting, I heard douchebag like 30 times a day. Like, everyone's like, oh, what a dude. Not people that knew me. Just right. like audience members like, oh, this douchebag. I was like, I'm not a douche. I'm nice, man. I'm the kitty cat guy. Yeah. Guys, I like professional wrestling. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know why, why you're mad at me. Yeah, yeah. But it's because people can't separate what people look like. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I guess it's important as stand-ups. Like, whenever we go on stage, like, usually you have to address how you look in some way. Sure. Especially if you have, like, a look. Like, you got to get that out of the way before you sure. can move on with the rest of your act. Yeah. You and that's what makes all this gender stuff really interesting. Yeah, it's like like we don't want a comic to just get up there and talk about one thing the whole time. Yeah. However, we do need them to talk about it at least first. <laughs> like you're like, I want to know. know where they're at. All right, just now drop. Okay, it. now now we're good. <laughs> now I know. Okay, drop it. Perfect. No more gender stuff. I was uh I was <laughs> doing some research on you online. Oh yeah. And uh, I f- I found out uh, this is something that I actually didn't know about you. Um, you did last comic standing back in the day. Yeah. Tell Got me third place. Okay. Well, uh, tell me what that experience is like because I like what did you enjoy being a part of basically kind of like a reality competition stand up show. Yeah, I loved it. And also like. Uh, it changed my life forever. I went from living in a car to having a lot of money. So what year was this? 2008. Okay. But also during that time period, they would shoot a little bit and then you'd have like three months off and then they'd shoot a little bit of it and then it'd be like a month gotcha. off. So and who, then they would go into like live Who Who were the class of comics uh, that you did last comic standing with? So it was uh, Louis Ramey. 
Marcus Hardy. And also, it's not lost on me that we had a very gimmicky year. It was all about the gimmick. So they're like, this is the first year we've ever let uh, sketch groups in. This is the first gotcha. year we've had international... Uh, so when they do stuff like that, that also means you've got to believe they're going to leave spots so that the finalists will... Does that make sense? Of course. You're So like... Now it's become well. We've got we got to keep two British spots because we have uh, all the British. We can't put none of the British comedians yeah, we, in if we we're need, advertising. We need those viewers, yeah. right? Yeah. And so there was a lot of that. There was an Indian guy named Papa CJ. Uh, I'm trying to think. Sean uh, Sean Cullen, who I think is like a genius. You'd love that guy. Do you know who he is? I don't know Sean Cullen. Dude, no. you'd love him. He's okay. so talented, so fast. He reminds me a lot of you. Uh, and he's musical. He's a musical guy. Nice. Um, that was another thing. They're like, oh, we've got this music act. And that's like the never before done before on Last Comic Standing before okay. our year. Um, and then they made us live in a house. And it was like, uh, that was part was actually really exhausting because they would just film all day. I, I like how that was like a like a big thing in the 2000s, like early, mid, and even like later, like before the last like five years, like they're like, we're going to put them in a house yeah. and see what happens. It was awful. Like see how these different walks of life come <laughs> together and see if they butt heads. Yeah, like, yeah. Why are you signing all this? Like, <laughs> don't worry about it. Also, why would that be a thing? Never in the world are we going to put 10 people in a home. Like, yeah, why yeah. would they have to do oh, that? Oh, you have a problem with this person? You have to live with yeah. them now. Enjoy your bunk beds. <laughs> yeah. It's like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And that's what it felt like. It was like, they were just literally trying to agitate us. Like the, the AC stopped working for like a week and you're like, what a coincidence. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, interesting. We're Saying. We were getting along too well. Is that what happened? Yeah, you wanted yeah. us irritable. Turn uh, up the heat. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, I. They had a good argument for why they do that stuff, though. Their argument was if people wanted to watch stand up comedy, they would just go to Comedy Central, where at the time Comedy Central was playing a lot of stand up. Sure. So like we're trying to do produced things that are that makes sense different and you know still shine light on comedians. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever thought about? I mean, yeah. At this point, you're too. <sighs> So I've been approached for America's Got Talent about five times now. Um, between uh, either like my stand-up that they like they've been looking for like impressionists uh, for multiple years, mm-hmm. and uh, and then I've got approached a couple of times for uh, for Pat Reagan and I for uh, our my music act, oh, Ray, yeah. Reagan and Watkins. Um, we might do something not on America's Got Talent. I feel like that's not for me personally my path. Uh, I'm still kind of I'm still trying to hold out to try it's to tough. get on a sketch show because I feel like it can sometimes work against you yeah. if you do something like like an America's Got Talent. But then then again, who knows? Like Melissa Vigneur, perfect example. She did America's Got Talent, and then like she ended up getting on SNL later. And I definitely thought like that would work against somebody yeah. who's like going out for a they sketch show, forget, but yeah. they kind of forget sometimes. So I'm I might be overthinking it. And maybe I should have just already done it by now. But who it's knows? tricky. Yeah, I mean that because that's the approach I took. It's like, listen, no one else is calling, and I'm sleeping in the back of a car. Yeah, where does the pride come in? Like, I'm just gonna do last comic. I'm gonna be myself, and if anyone hates me, yeah. because of that, whatever. And I noticed that it did leapfrog me into a lot of opportunities I sh- would have had to have done. Does yeah. That make sense? Like I like I didn't really, I skipped a lot of stuff, uh, and so for that part it was great. But I was doing it to live. I was doing it to survive. I was doing yeah. it to like, I was like, what's better, like having a bed or sleeping in a car? Like yeah. this is going to like, quickly. I'll, I'll choose bed. Yeah, I went from like working for a few hundred dollars, maybe five hundred bucks a weekend at like local 
stand-up comedy places in Seattle to literally getting to headline any comedy club I want in America. And that alone was worth it to me. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy. To, I like seeing my name on marquees and going, oh, I'm headlining this club that I've always wanted to say. Oh, and the money, a lot better than $500. Yeah. And that's because Last Comic Standing. So I take the bad with the good. Sure, people are going to, you know, talk shit about me and call me corny, like when the show was airing. Mm-hmm. Um, but so what? Yeah. Yeah. It works out. Yeah, it worked out. And, uh, you know, everybody has their own path. Are so. you wanting to be on SNL? It's yeah. insane that they haven't put you on that. Uh, right now where I'm at, they say I look too similar to uh, another cast member on the show. So That was their uh, argument? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they what a way me. to say you're a white guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is really what, what I get. I have, if I could tell you how many emails I have, they're like, hey, man, we're not really looking for any white guys. It's, I've had like that email. I never had that in my career. And then in this last two years, I've had it like 40 times. Yes. Uh, yeah. We're at an interesting uh, precipice right now. Yeah. It's yeah. strange to me. There's comedy's always been a ton of white guys. Yeah. Now there's too many white guys. It's like, <laughs> I see less white guys. What are you talking about? Let's start a sitcom called Too Many White Guys. There's too many white guys. There's too many white guys. I can't even believe that someone would type that into an email. We're yeah, we're we're good on whites right now. Yeah, they should just say no interest or you yeah. suck yeah, or yeah. get better. I would be happier with that answer than going, oh, sorry, we've got a lot of white guys. We're looking for less white guys. It's a it's a it's a yeah. hard one. Wow, sometimes. what a interesting. <laughs> that's a very fascinating sentence to read. But you know what? You're a white guy who made it on the Tonight Show. Yeah, that's yeah, twice, right? Right, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, I'm I'm proud of that. Uh, but you want to, usually you go, oh look, I did the Tonight Show. Maybe I could come play here. And they go, mm, we got white guys. We got enough. Oh, a comedy clubs even you're facing yeah, that. Yeah, a comedy store twice. Adam Eagles emailed me that. Oh wow. Yeah, it's like I was like I'm just looking for spots. I wasn't asking to get passed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of white guys there. Right yeah, now. Too many white guys. <laughs> There's it's a lot such of a white weird, guys. So stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of white guys. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I feel like that's it's there's a pretty much a, any club in LA like you could get that answer for right. sure. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, it's a hard one though. It's a hard one to 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 get. Yeah. Yeah. Just just book whoever's funny. Who cares? That's how success works. That's how hierarchies are. You just book who's funny. Fun, funny, the cream rises. Yeah, the funny not, cream rises. Yeah, like you just say, "Oh, this person I I I watched the tape." He, she is, or he or she is very funny. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That, or it's very easy. Both. We don't know. Yeah, or don't yeah, know. whatever the seventy-five thousand genders we, are now. We don't. If they're funny, put them up. Yeah, that's what we need. Yeah, we need to be whoever's. That's funny. what's always interesting about like like a show like Kill Tony is getting introduced to like brand new people where I'm like, where where did you come from? Right. Like that. Sometimes they're like really good. I mean, you get both sides of it. But, but it's good when they're bad too. I like it watching bad. Yeah, it, it, it if can, it's short. <laughs> like, it can be, I know it's like eh, let's condense that. Let's not stretch this whole thing yeah, out. Yeah. A minute we can handle. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I don't know. I thought Tony. So I thought Tony was gonna be really mean, but he wasn't. He's pretty nice to him. No, no. I actually uh, listened to some of uh, Tony on on your podcast. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that's a. a Something like a preconceived notion that they think about Tony is that he's going to be he's going to viscerate him, but yeah. dude, well, because he's the roast guy and he's right. he's also he looks like a comic book villain. You know, he has like the it's, the demeanor and the look of like literally that's a box we would put him in yeah, if we were casting something yeah. maniacal genius, yeah, evil lord, yeah, yeah. If you were to draw 
Oh yeah, a high school villain. That's the guy. That's Tony. Yeah, yeah. But no, <laughs> you like people are always surprised that like uh, whenever we do meet and greets after shows uh, for just weekends of his stand up. Um, then when we go on the road or kill Tony, like how nice he is to the fans yeah, and stuff. He's a great guy. He's yeah. a really nice guy. I think that like well the even the name has like a name, like kill. Well, yeah, it's right so, away like Yeah, so it's that triggers you intense. like, Oh god, it's gonna you know, they're gonna be hard on me. And yeah. then what he's just gonna judge my my thirty seconds like that's a, all of those things seem like a nightmare. And then you watch it and he's like, It's really fun, it's really great. He's pretty nice to them. Yeah. Even when they suck, he's he's very like, All right, let's talk about this, you know. <laughs> um I feel like if Daniel Tosh had the exact same show, I mean it would it would be he would not hold back. Like It he, might be it might be too cringy. <laughs> I would watch every second of it. <laughs> but I think, yeah, not that that would be better. It would just be a totally different version, and that's what I was expecting. I was expecting Tony to be like Daniel Tosh, where he's just going to go for the joke. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. And, uh, and he doesn't, Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Uh, let's get into this next segment, Fanning Out. Oh, yeah. Fanning Out. Questions from fans. Ooh, here we go. Uh, first question okay. comes from on Instagram at noodles140. What was the first? Not their birth name, I'm guessing. Not noodles was not not their birth name. Uh, what was the first joke you ever told? Do you remember? Like, even if it's like a premise or whatever. Uh, for stand up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I remember I just watched this. Movie. <laughs> you go back <laughs> to a street joke you heard. As a kid. <laughs> yeah, like when okay, I was a little boy. Here we go. So um, like fifth grade, I got a chicken laugh. crosses the road. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, no, Jeff, I meant in your stand up. Uh, oh, okay. The first, I just watched the movie White Noise. Have you seen that? White Noise. I feel like I have. It might even have Michael Keaton or something. Or it was like a horror film, but the, and I don't know if it's Michael Keaton, but it's something like that. I thought. Um, but basically, the idea is that like he. He's lost a loved one, or for whatever reason, he starts listening to static because a group of people tell him, like, if you listen to static long enough, the other side can try to communicate yes. through it. Yes. It's, it's a real phenomenon. It's not a real phenomenon, but it's a thing that people believe in that is, um, there's a community that does this. So I watched this movie. By the way, how freaky would that be to just know somebody? Like, you go over to their place and, and you walk in and you're like, what are you doing? Yeah, what and are you listening like, to? Trying to talk to Graham Graham. <laughs> um, okay, well... Uh, I'll talk to you never again. Bye. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Jeff. <laughs> That's what it sounds like, I think. Hello? Jeff die. Graham Graham? This is your Graham Graham. Why do you talk so different now? I'm on the other side. Oh no, your voice is so different. No, it's exactly as you remember it. How do I know it's you and not just some evil force pretending to be you? (laughs) Oh God! What do you mean? (laughs) That's what the premise was. Was that? Yeah. The premise was like, who? Like, I think if demons and people wanted to or if demons and ghosts or spirits, whatever you want to label it, could talk to humans that are currently occupying a body, a spirit, or whatever, um, they'd probably just do that. They wouldn't need you to sit around and wait listening to static. Are, are you are you a ghost person? Do you believe in ghosts or, or uh, supernatural Yeah, I believe in a lot stuff? of that stuff. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think some of it's pretty irrefutable. Like mm-hmm. Stuff will happen. Where you're right. Like, oh, right, go ahead. I think that. Yeah. Right. 
But I don't have any experiences or anything like that. I just watch all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, it's interesting. And it could be... So when we were in Europe, the, this just happened. Uh, I don't know if it was because I was getting very sick or not. And I had this illusion of something that happened. But uh, so we in Europe, um, we got really sick. We got a 24-hour bug where me, Red Band, and Tony were all vomiting a, oh, a ton. And we were, it was both ends kind of thing. From it was a what? mess. Uh, I think it's called neurovirus where I think we shook somebody's hand and they just gave us something that like literally a bug that like we didn't. We, we thought it was food poisoning, but we all three had different dinners. So we're like, we got to rule that out. Right. And uh, we looked things up, and it's a it's a common traveler's virus that happens uh, to white people. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. It shows we're all facing a battle. We're very weak. Because our Mexican buddy, Joel, the drummer, he's he fine. did not get it. Yeah, he's out partying, living it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, bef- How's your guys' butts? <laughs> yeah, huh, losers. See you later. See you, dude. <laughs> So before I go to sleep, I'm starting to get sick, but before I went to sleep, uh, I looked outside underneath our hotel room door. Uh, this was in uh, in Dublin. And I saw the shadows of what looked like two shoes, like somebody standing in front of sure. our door. Okay. And I kind of wrote it off. I was like, whatever. Right. And I went to sleep. But then I started thinking like really like weird, dark thoughts. And I'm on this tiny bed. It's like a single, like I was sleeping two to a room with uh, my buddy Joel. He's in a single bed and I'm in a single bed. And I'm on my side. And you ever have somebody get in bed next to you and you feel the weight of a bed change? It felt like somebody was pressing their hand down on the bed next to me yeah and i was like i started freaking out i'm like what like i don't know if it was the illness like that i i just started like you know kind of conjuring some whatever but like (laughs) it was it was the weirdest sensation i felt when you felt that did you turn around and look or no no you just stayed shocked i honestly i started like praying i was like let's just really (laughs) yeah i was just it freaked me out that stuff's very real i think where it gets tricky is when people try to start exploiting it that's when my skepticism comes in right so like mediums you know they'll have them at like comedy clubs yeah well yeah the medium people i don't know like i think that that power exists i think that you can maybe speak to the other side i think there's people that can do this i don't think that they're drumming it out for 15 dollars a ticket right and they're going is it uh, S name? You're like, I don't think that the other side is talking to yeah. you like in just little symbols. Also, this is the this is the tenth letter that you've tried on me. S T R R U V I. Um, is it a boy? And you're like, wow, she must be talking to the other what? side. She a guessed 50, something 50 that's shot. 50. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why it's so foolish. Yeah. And manipulative too, because people want those answers so bad. Like if you lose someone like in a car accident and you have no you have none of this closure, well, now you're looking you're grasping for anything. Well, that's and then the thing. this bald lady from New Jersey is gonna be like, Well, I can tell you about your daughter and you're like, That's not fair. That's what somebody put it really well to me is uh 
is people are preying on other people's dreams, like like a predator. And that's like when people want, like that's why a lot of people get scammed doing certain classes or certain things out here in LA is they want it so bad they're blind to being scammed. Right. Because they're like, this has to be real because... They're like, this is meant to be, you know what I mean? Right. Like that kind of thinking because they Which literally is, were wanting it so bad. Okay for them to want it that bad that they're blind to it. What's not okay is someone knowingly pr- taking advantage of that. It. Yeah, like comedy classes. Yeah. Or um, any of these other thieves. Kyle sees Louis Anderson did it for a long time. Now he's like so f- successful from that show that he's trying to act like he didn't. But he he preyed on young comedians' dreams. And then um, I'm trying to think of the other, like church people will sometimes do it. They'd be like, oh, you know, you give to the church. Just trust. Just trust you'll be fine. It's, it's like that's really unfair. Yeah, it happens a lot. Yeah, it's, not, it's not nice. So your first joke? <laughs> yeah, it was about white noise. <laughs> it was about white noise. Yeah. Wow. It was bad. And then we went on a tyrant about all this other stuff. Yeah, dude. We get deep, dude. We well, get I'm really not afraid deep, to get deep on this show. Yeah. Let's see all the stuff coming out of your head. Yeah. You could put more stuff on there, like ghosts, demons. Louis Anderson. You can put whatever you want in there now after some of the our little conversations. Uh, dude, this is uh, really, really awkward, but Louis Anderson's calling on the show right oh, now. Oh, God. I would love to talk to him. Okay. Hey. Hello, this is Jeff. Hey, Louis. It's Jeff Dyer. Remember, we've worked together at the Comedy Magic Club a few times. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. Remember, hey. remember when you and Kyle Cease took all those uh, comedians' money? No, I can't recall. <laughs> you don't remember that? I don't remember. Can you remind me? Yeah, okay. So you and Kyle C started okay. a stand-up comedy program. Yeah, sure. Okay. Teaching young people to follow their dreams. Yeah, it sounds like a great course. Well, it was a very expensive course. Well, yeah, you know, it's, I can't give away this information for free. I feel like you might be able to, and it's it's okay but if, if you did that. But I guess I'm just asking is why you didn't kind of, like, fulfill all those promises that you guys made to those. Well, or why you unfollowed right, them on well, Instagram, like, immediately. We were sharing the promises. <laughs> Well, Louie, I think I'm just suggesting, like, maybe just stay their friend on Facebook at the least. That's free. Uh, you know, I had to unclog my, uh, my <laughs> right. account. There's a lot of people. I need to get some new slots in there. Well, I guess you've got an answer for all these things. I guess you're right. Well, yeah. Well, come on. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of new crew and cast from Baskets. That's true. You know, a lot of, lot of family. A lot of more successful people that you're of, interested in. Well, I, I wouldn't put it like that. Well, I think that that's kind of how you're putting it. Well, I don't How do you de- decide who to unfollow? I mean, if they don't have any followers, they're going to lose them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, whoops, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> but they did pay you money. I mean, it's I mean, you know, and you're less friends and customers, you know? That's true. I think if I pay you money, though, maybe like just keep me. Around. Oh, you think I owe you a following if I give you some? If you, if you pay me money? I guess. Yeah, I guess I do. Okay. Well, I don't understand. I think our logic is kind of in different phases. <laughs> I think so too. I think that's the problem fundamentally with most of this is that we're on different pages. Okay. Well, I'll see you soon at the County Magic Club. All right. See you, Lou. Bye, Love bye. you, bud. Love you. Watch baskets. He Watch seems like a good guy. Baskets. That's how he says goodbye on the phone nowadays. He lives in. Okay, watch baskets. <laughs> he, uh, I think he lives by me. Does he? I think I saw him in a crosswalk. I've had a couple good conversations with him. Didn't know anything about the uh, that comedy class thing. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, he was like the celebrity. Gotcha. Kyle Cease was like the, um, I don't know what that would be called. 
the ringleader, the con guy, the, <laughs> the, main, ringleader. the face of the, I don't know what it is. The face of the operation. Yeah, the one who's like, oh, we can make a ton of money off these people. <laughs> you know, kids that were following their dreams. Come on. That's why Doug Stanhope was so mad about There's it. There's a market. Yeah, he's like, no, look at them all. They all have money, and they all want to learn this thing, and they'll listen to us. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, you take uh, Second City. Mm-hmm. Some people have described those kind of things as very tricky. Well, there's some there's definitely some things with certain improv classes that are pretty frustrating. One of the things like I got amazing um one the really the only issue that I ever had with Second City because they were amazing to me. I really don't have anything bad to say about them. The only thing that's kind of annoying and frustrating is uh i did their entire program graduated yeah. from it out here in la nice and you are not considered an alumni after but you did you, all of it you're considered a graduate and your courses do not even transfer to the main stage in chicago like why exactly exactly yeah, that's weird that, that's my only thing where i'm like that seems pretty messed up so i found it interesting because i did the ucb classes yeah and what I found was that, like, if the funniest guy in our class, and the, or if the funniest woman, whatever, uh, could be a white person, could be could a lady, be not, could knows? be a guy, maybe we don't, not. We're not judging here. Male, female, cyst, pan, whatever, um, would graduate the class the same way the worst person in our class would because they wanted to take that next class. Instead of my teacher sitting down going, hey, you know, I don't think this is really right for you. I feel like you didn't really pick up on the stuff that we're teaching as fast as maybe some of the other ones. What I think you should do is take this class over again, maybe with a different teacher or whatever. Don't just say, oh, they're on to the next one because when they're on to the next one, uh, they're weighing got down these the rest false of the hopes. Too. They're weighing down that, yeah. and they also think, "Oh, look, I'm so far in the course." It's a, but, but you're not as good as these other people. But they're doing it because if they tell them the truth and say, "I want you to do this class over again," they might not buy that first class. Yeah. Again. Well, that's a problem that a lot of people have with uh, the groundlings. Mm-hmm. Uh, is actually the other way around. Is they have been accused of failing people on purpose to so they retake it and ah. they keep them in the system rather than passing them but through. But I think yeah, but I think passing them through just keeps them in the system also. At well, least failing the way, them the way gives they, them some grounded reality. It's not like the yeah. funniest people in that class are getting failed. Yeah. But after a certain I think uh you can't fail once you get to the upper tra- well, if you make it to the upper track then you're serious obviously about yeah. improv. But that's as harsh about that system is if you fail out of their upper class, you right. can never do it again. Oh, wow. You can't retake. Right. You're, you're kicked out. You're, but that's interesting. I think but that, that's to clean the system. That's definitely, but that's definitely not like a money-making scam. Yeah. So it's kind of, I kind of agree with it. Yeah. Like, like think about the NBA. Like, what if I had millions of dollars? I'd be like, can I buy myself into the, can I play for the Portland Trailblazers? They'd be like, no, you stink. Yeah, you're not good yeah, enough, Yeah, you're not dude. good. You're old. You're like, this isn't how the NBA works. Yeah. So like, there's all these new problems because it's a business instead of like mm-hmm. a thing. So they're like, oh yeah, this guy very funny this guy not funny both of them passed you're like no no that that's doesn't not how it should work right. what are you afraid you're gonna run out of humans yeah come on uh this next question oh next question comes from noodles uh, friend oh at uh manny h comedy who was your favorite wrestler from the attitude era uh 
so one thing about me is I like all the giant wrestlers. If you lined up all my favorite wrestlers, they look alike. It's always the big, like Undertaker, Kane, Diesel. Like Razor Ramon is like the smallest wrestler I ever liked, and I think he's like six seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, Braun Strowman. I like the Bobby Lashley. I like the um, the new Australian guy. I forget his name. Uh, but like the Giants, I like. Did the- you did you like the Under the Giant documentary? Yeah, it was good because I didn't know any of that. Yeah. I didn't know any of that stuff. I like when I saw the Ric Flair thirty for thirty. I was like, I already know all this, mm-hmm. so it's like it's not that as exciting. But with the, I didn't know anything about Andre. Yeah. So I thought it was so good. It was pretty. It was pretty great. Depressing. <sighs> yeah. It must be hard being a giant. Well, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, the 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 picture that they showed of him, uh, in the, uh, in like the plane, like they didn't. Uh, maybe they didn't show a picture of that. But I got such a strong visual. They did show of, a picture of, of him sitting in two planes. Of the, oh, two the, the the two seats, and also he would have to poop in a bucket on yeah, the plane. So gross! It's like oh, because he can't fit in that <laughs> tiny room. Well, Oof. that happened in a ton of hotel rooms too. It just had yeah. to poop in buckets. Yeah, the um, yeah. Think about how uncomfortable we are just flying on regular planes. I know. Like I'm uncomfortable on a plane, and I'm not a giant. Living as a giant, you know what? This is really weird. Uh, Andre the Giant is actually calling into the show right now through white noise. Uh. I think we actually have a pretty strong connection. <laughs> wow, this is pretty good. Yeah, let's, uh, let's let's hear him. Hello, uh, Andre. Hello. Is uh, this? Hello. Uh, hello, Andre. Sorry, this phone is so tiny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yes, I. It's uh, me, uh, Andre. No, Andre. Yes, I'm. Uh, yeah, you you called into the show. Okay, sorry that I I mentioned that on the show. Yeah. Uh, uh no. Yeah, no, you're you're still on the line. You, you you I know you're a giant, but you know how phones work, right? Yeah. Uh, no, um flip phone. Got a flip phone. Are you saying new phone who does? I got a flip phone. Oh, you got a flip phone. Yes. But this isn't doesn't how do you even open it? Your hands are so big. That's why I'm having trouble. Okay, um, well, Andre, I had a a, a couple questions Hello? for you. Yeah, yes, I'm. Yes. On, yes, we're talking right now. Go ahead with the with question. Yeah. Uh, do you care if I use uh any baby oil if we if we <laughs> if we wrestle? Can I maybe use some baby oil? No, no, you macho man. Shit. Hello. Yes. Yes. Okay, no more poop dog. No, no poop. No, no poop dog. No baby oil. No. Um. All right. What's your What's your drink of choice? Um, wine, beer. This guy is so hard to talk to. I don't wine, know. beer. I don't know if I can talk to this guy Come much. On. Yes. It's y- me. Yes. Andre. Okay, I understand. You've told me it's. I'm just impressed that you know who I am. Okay, no more poop dog, no more. I'm going to have to let you go, okay? Right. Okay, Andre? Okay. You're very hard to talk to. Hello? No, goodbye. Hello? Goodbye. Was that the worst impression you've ever heard of Andre the Rat? No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I feel like that's how he would talk. No, of course. <laughs> he would not know what's He's going on. He's just screaming into That's it. how old guys talk. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know who's got giant voice is uh, Andrew Luck. Do you like football? Uh, There's a quarterback. He's not even that big, and he's got giant voice. Oh, he's got like, it's like, like in the back. He's like, he's got oh, we went out there, and you're like, what? Yeah, sometimes you're out on yeah. the field, and you're like, what? and you're like, why are you talking like a giant? That don't make no sense. He's got that that overdeveloped throat, dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. This is from uh, your. Uh, I remember you telling this on the story, and this is not happening. Yeah. At MotoriousM.O.E on Instagram. Jeff, do you still have that jersey? And how did the charges play out? I do not have the jersey anymore. Uh, what happened was, a little sequel to that story, is that uh, he kept uh, calling and saying, like, listen, I need my jersey back. Let's work something out. You know, I'll give you, you give me money and my jersey back and I won't press, or uh, you give me my, my jersey back and money and whatever. And I was like, all right, how about this? I'll give you your jersey, I'll give you money. You give me a contract saying that you're not going to press charges against me or Brant Tobler. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to press charges. And I was like, well, then you're never going to see the jersey again. Yeah. If you're going to press charges, yeah, then, then what's the point of Do this? what you got to do. Yeah, I'm not yeah, going to yeah. give you money in the jersey and then go to jail. And he's like, he's like, don't, no, I, I, that's exactly what's going to happen. I was like, no, it's not. Hey, go ahead, do what you want. I'll set it on fire right now. I'll give it to some girl. You'll never see this jersey again. He's like, don't do that. And then he hangs up. And then two or three days later, we got a, a fax. Uh, and my agency got a fax, uh, a signed contract saying that he won't press charges. <laughs> but I had to give him the jersey, give him the money back. It's safe back at his bar. Um, and I have that framed in my office now, that contract. Heck yeah. So when people ask about the jersey, I just go, there's the contract. And I like the contract because it explains everything that we did. And for the listeners who don't know the story, can yeah. you recap just like wh- whose jersey it is and, and where you stole yeah. from real So quick? just if you've never heard the story, it's on Comedy Central. It's on. It's called This Is Not Happening. I tell the story in depth, but this is the short version. I love football. Also, I know I'm a drunk, stupid idiot. I don't think I'm the cool guy in this story. It's just something that happens. You're not the hero. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. It's good to note that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So that when you hear this, you go, "That's not cool." You're like, yeah, I don't think. It's, I'm not saying it's cool. Just drank too much. Uh, me and my buddy Brant uh, went to a bar, and we were like, the owner of the bar was a kicker in the NFL who was like famously a douche. Like he like choked a junior high kid. He. He's like uh, he's classic. Talked move. a lot of trash on <laughs> on TV about his own teammates, like while he played with them. Uh, and so we were like, we should, you know, get something from this bar. We're like, we think we'd steal like a menu or like something on the wall just to be like, we stole this from his bar. Ha ha ha. But what we ended up stealing because we got too drunk was his Pro Bowl jersey. And then we got in ton of trouble, and so we're like, all right, let's, let's just put it back. Uh, or we'll return it. So we returned it a couple days later. But then for the rest of the weekend, everyone was treating us like trash. Everyone's like, those are those comedians that stole that jersey. So we're like, screw it. So we went back and yeah, stole it Yeah, we already have the, the bad mark on our record. Yeah. Why is everybody treating us bad? If Might we're going to well be punished, yes, we went back and took it back. And then I had it for uh, for a long time. That's awesome. And everybody would come over and wear it. We had it like in the hot tub. We had Taking girls. Yeah, it was the it. best. I have oh, a ton of so ton funny. of people have worn that jersey. But now it's back. Safe with Mike Vanderjay. Well, there you go. Uh, this next question comes from, oh, okay. At Herb Vinyl. Man, nobody uses their real names, huh? On Instagram. Not really. That's very weird. Is yours Jeremiah Watkins? No, mine's Jeremiah Standup. Okay. Yeah. But I did that for a specific reason. At the time, Watkins was, I don't think, was available, but so... Rather than doing an underscore or something, I was like, yeah. I want people to know 
I do I do a lot of different things at the like at the root of everything. I'm a stand up, and I right. want people to know that. Okay, that's good. Yeah, and so also maybe they'll that. like look to a different Jeremiah Watkins. He's like a drummer or something. You're like, oh, this is the stand up version. This is yeah. Jeremiah the stand up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, why not? Fair enough. Uh, what was your first bomb like? Oh, the first time I ever bombed. Well, it was the first time I ever did stand up. It was pretty humiliating. I went on stage like in flip flops and like shorts and like I mean it was just I didn't know anything about the etiquette of like comedy or anything so they hated me right away. <laughs> You're like uh, the DJ's like uh, what song would you like to be going going to? He's like three eleven Amber go. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I was. <laughs> I like that you thought there'd be a DJ. There was like a crappy open mic in Seattle. There was nothing. Also, I told everyone in the audience. You that just I, tell an audience member you're like three eleven Amberg. You're like what? They're like, huh? Like, huh? How, how can I? Play I'm not that? a DJ. Play it. <laughs> I'm not coming up till you sing it. <laughs> Until then. I hear you singing it, I'm not touching the stage. Well, I told I did. How bad are my sensibilities? I told all my friends and family that I had been doing it for months and that like I'm a natural. And that they think I've got a real future in this. Oh, so no. then Yeah, and so then my friends came. They saw me for the first time. I had already told them. I lied to them saying, like, nah, I was like, I'm really good. It's what I want to do with the rest of my life. But I had never been on stage yet. And so when they saw me, they are under this impression, like, oh, he says he's very good. And then the guy brings me up. He's like, this next guy, I think it's who you're all here to see. Go easy on him. It's his first time. And I was like, no, I lied. Like, like, But it didn't matter. So I get up there, and everyone knew right away. Like, I was so bad. Also, I was very inspired at the time by like Dane Cook, which it was sure. a huge Dane wave. Yeah, and so I was like all over the place and like bending down and like sitting, like throwing myself on the ground. It was like just a lot. And then I was holding the mic like super close, like this. So it was like it was shouting and annoying <laughs> and very loud. Everyone in the crowd. I remember people like wincing at certain yeah. parts, and uh, it was it was a lot. It was a lot to take in. That's. What felt what did, as what, gross what, as it feels now? What did your friends and family say to you after that? They couldn't believe that I would want to do this, and also, like, a lot of my I have a lot of people, especially at that time, I was a youth group leader, like, for like a, a church. And so, a <laughs> how, lot of how have we not talked about this? I know, That's amazing. and a lot of people were like, Why would you want to do this? And also, like, because they weren't laughing, I kept saying fuck over and over again. I kept like using like all these like bad words to them, to their ears, so they were just like. We went from loving this guy and like letting him like teach our kids and like being whatever, oh. and now he wants to do this, like say the f word and flop around and bomb in front of everyone. So it was it was a lot. That's a hard transition right ah, there. The worst. Wow. Yeah, it was I'm bad. just imagining. So what what uh where are you originally from? Seattle. Seattle. That's right. Wow, just conservative family and friends just watching their their sweet youth yep. pastor Jeff just bomb, just bomb, and also use foul language. Yep. And it was just it like, was a nightmare. <sighs> One time I went, I brought a bunch of people. This was like a month later, maybe a few months later. I brought a- <laughs> you say this was a month ago, and <laughs> no, it was uh, but I was like, I would bring so many people to the open mic. I was a I was a dream. For You're like, that dude. Yeah, I would bring like 80 people each time. Oh my goodness. And so the club owners were like, I don't care if he's bombs. I don't care if he's up there doing like yeah. hate speech. He's it's up an there open for mic. five minutes. Yeah. Well, they're like, it's an open mic. He and brought bringing everyone. bringing all this traffic. They're all drinking on my, what well, open mics are usually like off nights. Yeah, for on the a comedy Tuesday clubs. or something like that. Yeah, and so he was just getting all this business. He's like, no, this kid can go as long this as he wants. This guy's a star. He can do whatever he wants. Yeah, and so, exactly. He was a slime ball too. There like you that. go. He was so excited to have me. And um, so, hey, I heard, uh, I 
heard you got a lot of friends. You want to <laughs> take a? You want to sign up? Is that true? It is true. Yeah. Hey, I bet. How much I, is it? I stayed online. It's uh, seventeen hundred dollars. Yeah, that's. Uh, I don't have that much, but I, I assumed it'd be something. You got a lot of friends, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll be in touch. <laughs> Uh, so I, this is so bad. It was like 80 of them. I did really bad. I didn't do it very good at all. And I get no laughs. And these are my friends and family and no laughs. I get off stage. Did you get those, those supportive, like, <laughs> no, people They're were just, really like, mortified. Upset. They're like, yeah, and we just got back from like my little sister's like wedding. And so like all these people were like, oh, we heard you do comedy. Like we're going to come watch you tonight. And I was like, perfect. I had just no idea that I was just so optimistic. Like, Buckle oh, up. What's up, you idiots? <laughs> I was like, I thought tonight would be the night, you know, every yeah. night I thought like, no, tonight's when I kill. Tonight's when I, it just never happened. So then I get off stage and I'm like, just kind of sitting in the, dark like in my own thoughts in my own brain of just like regret and sadness just a metaphoric gun to my throat and uh so anyways the guy that comes on after me he had he didn't see my set he just got called from a different comedy club like we have a ton of people here we need more comedians for this open mic so he comes from the other comedy club he comes down he's like this guy's cool guy named dan moore and he goes uh i hear you're all here to see jeff and then the crowd like just kind of agreed not very passionately and then he's like um yeah, howdy do, man. And then the crowd just answered his question while I'm in the back of the room. They're like, he sucked. He was awful. He's like, Dane Cook wannabe. Like, they just started saying what they thought about me while I'm in, in the back, like in earshot. Yeah, just going, oh, no, why am I doing this to myself? And then uh, he goes, I wasn't expecting that. And then he just started getting to his act because he thought I was a nice kid. He yeah, yeah, I've yeah. met him a few times. and uh, It was so humiliating. Wow. Yeah, so bombing um, is part of it. I tell people that all the time. If they're going to start comedy, you've got it's not for a fragile ego. You've not got, at all. You've got to be willing to just eat one sometimes. Yeah. And when you first start, you've got to be willing to eat it every night. Yeah. And that's part of it. It's good. It's good to bomb. Gives you perspective. It definitely gives you perspective. Yeah, I remember like this little kid comic. His name is Ryan Cudahy. He was like fifteen or fourteen when he first started, and he never bombed. He got up there and he just crushed. And I remember being like, "This isn't healthy." Yeah. If you just every time you get up there, you just do good. It's not. Well, you're not gonna learn. Yeah. At Josh Early, which cast member from Better Late Than Never has surprised you the most? Surprised me the most. Interesting question. Yeah. Right. Um, I get asked that a lot, but never surprised. They say like, oh, who's your favorite or who's your, whatever. Surprised me the most. Um, Could be with a a trait that you didn't see. George Foreman. Yeah? Yeah, because he's very, 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 very conservative. Mm. And he's got a big old family, which I knew about, but like the his love for his family is pretty phenomenal. And the way he sees the world is not what I would have expected. He's a huge Trump guy. He's a... I would I would have never guessed that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But he's he's uh he's really good. Like one time I tried to do like a racial joke, like just a goofing around, and they just tell him like street jokes. These guys love street jokes, and so because they're old, and so I'd be like, oh, I got one for you, and I just read them off the internet most of the time. And um, I said one of him, and he goes, Nope, I don't care about no color. We're all the same. I don't care. I don't want. He didn't want to hear like a joke about race. Oh wow. Yeah. So I was like, I was very impressed by that. And okay. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. Cool. But he's the one that surprised me the most. All right. Let's get into this final segment. Ooh. Sax talk. I love sax talk. Oh. Sax talk. Not a lot of people play the saxophone. Especially not adults that you know. Well, that's the thing. It's like, yeah, maybe for school, they 
pressure some kid into buying it. Yeah. But they don't ever follow up See with it. See it through. Yeah, ever. How many saxophone people do you know they play? The, I only know one other person who happens to be a comedian that plays. Uh, and I know a, a lot of people that I've met that are like, I used to play or I, I can play. I just don't own one. You right. know what I mean? I'm so, like, yeah. Well, so, you know one person that still plays saxophone. Yeah. And you're in the saxophone community. Yeah. Well, I'm in a very specific vector of yeah. it. But with, I mean, within comedy, but you think yeah, that, yeah, you'd know some people. Yeah, no, nope. no, not many. No band practice. Not many. <laughs> so I prepped Jeff before the show. Yeah, he's gonna share a story of a sexual encounter, and I'm gonna play some sweet, sweet saxophone underneath while he does it. Whenever you're ready, my friend, I will. Before we start you. the segment, before we start the segment, mm-hmm. I'd like to be clear that this is a sexual encounter, not a romantic or relationship encounter. This is more about sex than it is about love and relationships. All right. Now that we have that disclaimer, get ready for sex talk. It was a cold, cold weekend in Chicago. And I was doing the comedy club at Roosevelt, or the Rosemont Zanies. I uh, was, the weekend was looking good, the numbers were good, and there was a table at the late show of uh, younger gals who looked very beautiful. And when I say younger, I mean like college age. But I'm on board. After the show, I tell the girls I'm going to the bar next door if they'd like to join me for some drinks. When I get over there, I'm getting a lot of attention from these gals. In fact, they applauded when I walked in. I'm feeling real good. One of the girls walks over to me and starts flirting aggressively. Just then, her friend comes up to her and says, What are you doing, Tiffany? She says, she doesn't even know who you are. I'm the one who brought the whole group. So I say, hey, relax. Everything's fine. We're all just having a good time here. So she uh, leaves, and the new girl is now flirting with me aggressively. Very happy. She says, hey, forget my friends. Let's go back to your hotel. Now I don't miss an opportunity when a beautiful woman tells me she'd like to go back to my hotel room. Single guy, single girl, enjoying each other's looks. So we go to my hotel room. Things get pretty heavy. We start having sex. I'm happy about it. She's happy about it. The world is feeling good. She is on top of me while we're having sex. And she makes a face that I've never seen before on someone. While we're making love, I don't want this face to be a face you make. She then throws up a large, weird spew of waterfall of white, creamy alcohol. Lands on my neck and chest. 
and I was so mortified that I ran into the bathroom and washed myself in the shower. She then is super embarrassed, and I went and cleaned her up. Uh, it was a nightmare. But all the same, I didn't want her to feel embarrassed. So I just pretended like it wasn't a big deal and went in my car and went home. The story sounds so much better with sax. Aw, yeah. <laughs> sax talk. Sax talk. So that prevented you guys from moving forward. Yeah, it was pretty gross. It was too much. It was too gross. The mountain of... Ugh. Yeah. Getting thrown up on... Well, also, she was very embarrassed, and I didn't want her to feel embarrassed. Yeah. And you say to yeah. yourself, when, when someone pukes on you, or if you, someone pukes around you, you think like, oh, I would start puking, and it'd be so gross. I was actually pretty proud of myself. That I kind of turned, I, I was very fatherly about it. I was like, oh, you know, hey, like, don't worry about it. We're all drank too don't much. Don't worry, child. It happens to the best of <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, I was very nice about it. I was very yeah. proud of myself. I was like, I didn't freak out wow, and go. I'm a freaking gentleman. Yeah, dude. I wasn't like, that's fucking gross. Ew, why'd you puke Ew, on me? You're like, freaking nasty. Get out of my place. <laughs> Which is what I feel like people think they would do if someone threw up on them. But don't worry, child. It happens to the best of us. I was nice to her. You're very nice. It was nice. Well, Jeff, do you have anything you'd like to plug before you leave the show? Um, I have a podcast called Jeff Dies Friendship Podcast that I'd love to have you on. I would love to be on it. Yeah, I just talk to my friends and we talk about whatever we want to talk about. This week we have Dane Cook. Uh, last week we had Robert Luketic. He was great on Kill Tony. Oh, yeah, he's Dane a great guy. He was awesome. Yeah, he's a good Tony. guy. He's a good yeah. human. People give him a hard time. I don't know why. Um, but we have a really good talk on, on my episode. Uh, and if you want to. If you want to listen to it, it's just free on iTunes. But if you want to watch it, uh, you can go to patreon.com backslash Jeff Die. Then you get free tickets to all my comedy shows if you subscribe to my Patreon. You get That's awesome. uh, you can watch any of um, the episodes of the podcast, past or present. And then you get little gifts. I give little gifts. Ooh. Yeah. Little gifts. That's uh, the page. I try to take care of my Patreon subscribers. Yeah. You know? Check out that Jeff Die Patreon. They're keeping me paid, you know? Okay. I like that, man. I like that. <laughs> I see you out there, man. <laughs> I see you, my man. Hey, uh, hey, I've got a uh, Patreon link, too. Oh, no. Yeah, uh, louieanderson.com slash Patreon. You have enough money, Louie. No, here, sign up on my Patreon, okay? All right, I will. All right, and uh, we'll be in touch. <laughs> we'll uh, be in out, touch. Check uh, out Louie Anderson's Patreon, Jeff Dye's Patreon, and, uh, dude, thanks so much for doing the thanks show. Thanks for having me, man. This is fun. Good luck on all your travels. Oh, you too, buddy. More travels coming up. Yeah, here we go. Travel.